I can promise you without a doubt that the Dallas Cowboys will not lose a football game this week. Coming up, I will discuss the Cowboys' loss to the Steelers, my top five moments this season, and what the Cowboys need to do this offseason to set themselves up for a successful 2021 campaign. All this and more, next on The Wrap-Up. The Cowboys head into the bye after a 24-19 loss to the now 8-0 Pittsburgh Steelers. Despite losing this game, the Dallas Cowboys dominated the Steelers. After last week's game against Philly, I questioned if the defense was improving or if Carson Wentz was just that bad. And it seems like the defense may actually be improving. The Cowboys held the Steelers to a season-low 46 yards rushing and held their starting running back James Conner to only 22 yards. Both of these totals were season lows for a Cowboy defense that gave up an average of 170.9 yards per game on the ground. The Cowboys did not record a single sack this game, but despite this, the defense still received high praise from future Hall of Fame quarterback Ben Roethlisberger after the game. Here is his take on the Cowboys' pass rush. Just really proud of the way the guys fought, um, you know, and, and, and just played good football. Uh, we, we didn't we didn't do what we wanted to do today. We didn't control the ball, like you said. We didn't convert on third downs a lot, but um, we found a way to win. We just gotta we gotta stop making it, um, you know, stop playing so ugly on offense. But it's a good team. I don't I don't care what their record says. I was talking to Al afterwards and said that might be the best pass rush defense and stuff that they got after today. So. Give them a lot of credit. One key player in the Cowboys' pass rush last Sunday was rookie Neville Gallimore. The former Oklahoma Sooner was drafted by the Cowboys in the third round of the 2020 NFL Draft and finally saw more snaps after the team released Dontari Poe. Gallimore showed flashes of greatness with three tackles, including a tackle for loss and a quarterback hit. On the other side of the ball, the Cowboys entered this game with 21 straight drives without a touchdown. That streak ended on the 23rd drive when starter Garrett Gilbert threw a 20-yard pass to rookie CeeDee Lamb for a touchdown. That was the only touchdown of the game for the Dallas Cowboys. The area where the Cowboys struggled the most last season seems to be the area they are thriving in this season, and that is special teams. Coach John Fossil made an immediate impact on this team, taking them from the worst special teams unit in the league last season to ninth so far this season. People truly underestimate how important it is to have a great special teams coach. Fossil has made himself known this season with multiple trick plays, one of which was a punt return that would have resulted in an 83-yard return if not for a block in the back. Listen to Cowboy great Tony Romo make the call and then the breakdown. He's going to be running with it for a while. Two three and outs. Barry, 57-yard punt the last time. This one, another good one. Caught over the shoulder, back of the six by Wilson. Throws it back across the field, where it's then juggled for a moment. And now the Cowboys are making a special teams play. Hurtling past, then all the way down to about the 10-yard line. It's good one. You're not kidding. Goodwin, the guy's going to run. He's like, oh, no, I'm out, guys. I'm out. Let me just run down here. I'm doing nothing. Nothing to look over here. (laughs) And now he's so excited. Just got to catch it. Might have helped him, actually, because you get a little bit of a 
leverage right there, and then he's out on the races, and then at the end, he gets tackled by a guy reaching up and... This has been one of many tremendous special teams calls made this season, one of which I will get to later. Despite the great play from the defense and special teams, the offense just couldn't get it done, once again proving that Dak Prescott is a big reason for the Cowboys' success. In the past six games, the Dallas Cowboys have turned the ball over five times. Every single one of those turnovers was in the red zone. In those last six games, three of them were decided by one score. The turnover that came in the red zone in this game was an end zone interception by Minka Fitzpatrick that allowed the Steelers to drive down the field and take the lead in the fourth quarter. One positive from this game is that the Cowboys did something they haven't done all season, and that is lead a team by more than 10 points. Early on, the Cowboys held a 13-0 lead, something that I mentioned in my keys to victory for this game. In the end, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you want to look at it, the Cowboys lost this game. Now, why would that be fortunate? Because the Cowboys now hold the third overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft. This season has been terrible for Cowboys fans, and I knew it would be after the loss of Dak Prescott, which is why I am advocating for the Dallas Cowboys to tank the rest of the year. Now, I know the Jones family does not want to tank, but the Cowboys have a very rare opportunity where a team of this caliber has a high-value draft pick and a chance to get a superstar to fill one of their needs. As I stated earlier, the Dallas Cowboys currently have the third overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft. This team has never had a third overall pick before, but the past five have been Jeff Okuda, Quinnen Williams, Sam Darnold, Solomon Thomas, and Joey Bosa. The overarching theme of these picks? Defense. Now there are a few routes the Cowboys can take at three, and quite frankly, I don't have a preference as to which one they would take. The first option is to stay at three and draft defense. The only defensive player I believe is worth this high of a draft pick is Alabama corner Patrick Sertain II. Patrick is likely the best corner to ever play for the Roll Tide, and many consider him much better than last season's third overall pick, Jeff Okuda. Sertain has 10 tackles, one interception, and five pass deflections on the season. Patrick offers something that many Alabama corners don't, and that is speed. Sertain is projected a 4.540 time, which has shown ability to keep up with some of the best receivers in the SEC. So that is one avenue they can take to reunite him with former Alabama teammate Trayvon Diggs. Another thing they can do at three is draft the best offensive tackle in the draft, Panay Sewell from Oregon. The 2020 NFL Draft had a strong class of offensive linemen with six tackles being taken in the first round alone. The same can be said for this season, but Sewell stands out above the rest. He is considered a generational talent by many and has great mobility for somebody who is 6'6 six six and 330 pounds. Last season, Sewell allowed seven pressures on 491 snaps. While tackle isn't a major priority, Sewell would easily be able to take over for Tyron Smith, who I anticipate will retire at the end of this season or at the very latest next season. The final thing the Cowboys can do is trade down. If the Jets or Jaguars fail to tank correctly, 
The Dallas Cowboys could move up to pick number one or two, but that is highly unlikely. But if this were to happen, the Cowboys have absolutely no reason to take Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence, but the demand for both players will be extremely high. The Cowboys could easily field two first-round picks from a team that is desperate for a quarterback, which would allow the team to take multiple defensive players in the first round. With the Cowboys holding such a high pick, many are saying the Cowboys should take a quarterback to help their cap space, but I wholeheartedly disagree with the idea of taking a quarterback at three, and it appears the Jones family does as well. But don't take my word for it. Let's hear what the man himself, Jerry Jones, has to say. Right now, uh, it looks like we're in line for the third pick. Now, it could move up, could move down, but if it stays at three... Is it crazy to bring up the idea of taking a quarterback with the third pick or the second yes. pick, if you may have it? Yes. You ask me if it's crazy to bring the idea up, and I'm answering you, yes. <laughs> We're playing <laughs> games here, guys, but it, it's not the thing to be talking about at all. You know, Dak is our quarterback. This wasn't the only announcement Jerry made this week about our guy. Jones made it clear that McCarthy would be with the team in 2021, and rightfully so. Mike McCarthy came into a new team at a bad time. He didn't have in-person contact with the team until much later than most coaches would have, and brought a new scheme into a very stubborn locker room. The one thing to look forward to with another year of McCarthy is hopefully another good draft class. This season's draft class has been stellar, with the likes of CeeDee Lamb, Trayvon Diggs, who will unfortunately miss four to six weeks and possibly the rest of the season with a fracture in his foot, and Neville Gallimore, who shined this past week. Listeners, make sure to subscribe to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and make sure to follow on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by simply searching The Wrap Up so you can stay updated on the latest content. The Cowboys have a bye week this week and sit at 2-7. If you told me that the Cowboys would have this record at their bye, I would have told you you were crazy. Never did I think that the Cowboys would lose their best player to injury and have the defensive struggles they have had this season. Despite all of this, I want to focus on the positives of the 2020 NFL season. So here are my top 5 Cowboy moments from this season. Number 5. CeeDee Lamb's first NFL touchdown. We had to wait until week four against the Browns for this, but it was a good one. Prescott found Lamb for a 43-yard touchdown in the first quarter and then found him later in the game in the fourth quarter for a five-yard score. Prescott, pressure coming, gets a block, though, stands in. Number four, Trayvon Diggs' first NFL interception. I said for weeks that Diggs would finally have his first NFL interception, and he did last week against the Philadelphia Eagles in the Cowboys' 23-9 loss. It wasn't just his first interception. It was a spectacular play that he made for the grab. He said it's a first down. Try to get on the board toward the end of the half here. Wentz. Keeps his eyes downfield, throws into the end zone at the double coverage, and that will be taken by Diggs. And Diggs is contending that he caught it in bounds, and now you've got a conference here. 
So the question is, did Diggs stay in bounds, or will it simply be an incomplete pass? The result of the play so. is an interception by the defense or a touchback. First down, oh. down. Number three, Demarcus Lawrence's strip sack for a score. This play was great for two reasons. The first was that Lawrence had his first sack since Thanksgiving, and the second is that this was the first defensive score of the season and began to show signs of hope for this Cowboys defense. This was unfortunately a bittersweet moment because less than two quarters later, the Cowboys would lose their franchise quarterback to a gruesome injury. Monster play. Cowboy fans feeling like it's not going great. Giants doing well. Still a close game. Fumble to the house. Play earlier. Dak Prescott throws it too high. Now Daniel Jones. You see Daniel doesn't feel the pressure. Demarcus Lawrence who gets his first sack of the year, Jim. And that is a corner blitz by Anthony Brown. Number two. DK Metcalf being denied a touchdown. It's always great when you see someone who celebrates prematurely and ends up making a crucial mistake, unless, of course, that player is on your own team, like Leon Lett. Anyway, this Week 3 matchup was a game that I expected the Cowboys to lose badly because of poor defensive play and the MVP caliber play from quarterback Russell Wilson. The Cowboys lost 38-31, but that number could have been so much worse if not for rookie Trayvon Diggs, who punched the ball out of the hands of DK Metcalf, who was walking in for a score. This was the first big play that Trayvon Diggs made this season. Second down and 11. Wilson gets protection, airs it out. Metcalf is there! And it's knocked out of the back of the end zone. Was he in? Play was made by the rookie Diggs. As the officials get together. And it's a touchback. Such an incredible play by the rookie Diggs, who they love. He got beat on the play, but he gives the ball back to his offense, knocking it out of the back of the end zone. And number one, this shouldn't be a shock to anybody, the Cowboys' 20-point comeback against the Atlanta Falcons. This was by far the best moment of this season. The Cowboys were down 29-10 at halftime and 39-24 with just over six minutes left in the game before the Falcons began to crumble. Prescott found Dalton Schultz for a touchdown with four minutes left and then ran it in for a score with less than two minutes in the game. This is where it went downhill for the Falcons. The Cowboys went for an onside kick and listened to what happened. So here we go. Dallas needs this without timeouts. Zerline will scribble. It's got to go 10 yards, and it's close. Zerline may have come through. Who's got it? The Cowboys have it. Do you believe that? You don't have to wait for it to go 10 yards. You can attack it right there. Somebody could have came in and got it. You're just watching it go. Alameda Zacchaeus could have just covered the ball up. 
And now you've got all the Dallas players. They're right at 10 yards. As soon as that crosses that white line, look at them all standing there. They're just waiting for it to become a live ball. That is unbelievable. The watermelon kick used by John Fossil proved to be genius and helped Prescott lead the team down the field and set up Greg Zerline for the game winner. 143 to go. No timeouts. Second and 10. It's a four-man rush for Prescott. Near side wide open is Lamb. No one's near him. C.D. Lamb down to the 30. They're in field goal range already. You got a stumble in coverage. You see right there, they're letting the plays. They're working down the field. Greg Zerline from 46 to win it for Dallas. Hold is down. Kick is up. And it is good. Somehow, some way, the Cowboys have won it. This Cowboys season has not been a fun one for fans, but there is still hope for the future with a young offensive core, a rising secondary, and a great pick next season. With that being said, here is my Offensive and Defensive Players of the Year for the Cowboys. On the offensive side of the ball, the answer is clear. Dak Prescott. The past four games have proved that Dak Prescott is the MVP of this team. For all of his career, people attributed his success to the weapons around him. But the past few weeks have shown that he makes those around him great. The Cowboys went from averaging 32.6 points per game to only 7.3 points per game. To show you just how dominant he was this season, he is currently ranked 21st among passing leaders despite not playing for the past four weeks. He only has 900 yards less than the league's leading passer, Matt Ryan, and still has more passing yards than Cam Newton, Baker Mayfield, Kirk Cousins, and last season's NFL MVP, Lamar Jackson. Dak Prescott has been dominant. On the defense, for me, it's clear. The guy is Alden Smith. Smith has such a great story. Going from an NFL superstar to alcohol addiction and multiple arrests, to rehab, and now back to the NFL as the best defensive player for America's team. Alden leads the team with five sacks and is sixth in tackles for the Cowboys this season. The most amazing part of his journey is how well he has played despite not playing football for five years. Smith could very well be the comeback player of the year this season, and he should be. Jay Glazer of Fox Sports worked with Alden Smith through his Merging Vets and Players organization, and here's what he had to say last week about what Smith has done this season and what Alden Smith has meant to his family. So, Jay, we appreciate all you do there, but let's talk a little football. Let's talk some Cowboys. You were the first to report that Alden Smith, after five years out of football, had turned back into a force, a monster. You had been working out with him at your gym. You had been monitoring his sobriety, and you were so right. He is now a rebuilding block for that Cowboy defense. How proud of you, how proud are you of Alden on and off the field? Look, I was proud before he ever stepped on the field. And I was proud of the vulnerability that he showed. I knew Alden when he played the 49ers. I didn't like him. This isn't the same guy. And look, when he first came in there, it was our veterans that picked him back up. He came in 
to our gym, not to play football again, but to get help and to work with our veterans here at MVP, where we, we put our combat vets and our former NFL players and other pro athletes together to give them a tribe again. You know, and that's, that's the biggest thing is when the uniform comes off, a lot of them, they forget what their greatness is. It's not the uniform, but what's behind your rib cage. And when you put them on a new team, a new tribe, that reminds them of how great they are. And they can do great things moving forward. So when he got in this group and opened up in front of all these strangers and said, hey, I, I'm not in the league because they screwed me over. I'm not in the league because of me. That was me. This was not a right of mine, and, and um, I didn't protect that enough. He said, this was on me to do something. And he suddenly opens up to the entire group and said, you know what, for the longest time, I didn't feel worthy of it. I didn't feel worthy of being loved. And now because of this group of veterans, it's the first time that I feel worthy of being Alvin Smith. I feel worthy mm -hmm. of this love. And it just changed. It changed who he was. He started working on sobriety with our veterans. When we opened up our, our New York City chapter, he flew out there to talk to our players and vets about sobriety. And, and once he started saying, I really want to use my story to be of service to other people, that's how I was like, hey, man, you ever think about playing in the NFL again? He's like, yeah, but it's been five years. I'm like, hey, don't worry about that. Ed. Let's go walk this walk together. And the coolest thing that happened, and these are these moments that I think go beyond being an NFL insider, what we cover, is he calls him when he gets the contract from the Cowboys. And he says, where, where are you? I said, home. He said, is your son there? I said, yes. He said, I want to come over and sign this contract um, in front of your son. I want him to see what his dad did. Yeah. And we sat here outside, signed the contract, kind of looked down. He said, well, that's a wrap. Thank God. I said, yep, thank God. And he said, Jay, you don't understand what you've done. I said, no, this is, it's incredible. And, you know, we had that moment. He said, no, Jay, I was, when we first met, I was sleeping under a car. I didn't feel worthy of sleeping in a house. And now here I am back in the NFL. You don't understand what we've really done. That is going to do it for me. Listeners, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts, as well as follow on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, so you can stay updated on the latest content. Make sure to tune in next Saturday when I break down the Cowboys' second half of the year and discuss the upcoming game against the surging Minnesota Vikings. I'm Alec Rapp, and this has been The Wrap-Up.